Harris is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. He ran the missed field goal back. He ran it back 109 yards. They're not going to keep him off the field tonight. Boise State for the win. They hand it off to Johnson. Boise State has won the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Can you believe it? He's going for the corner. Kick is blocked. Appalachian State has stunned the college football world. One of the greatest upsets in sports history. Welcome back to another episode of the Fifth Year Podcast. Have a little mini episode here previewing week one and college football playoff predictions. My name is Clint Maxey, joined here by Parker Biggs. Parker, how you doing? Doing well. Thanks, Clint. Week one's here, so I am really, really fired up. Be sure you're following us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Fifth Year Podcast, and on Instagram, we're at The Fifth Year Podcast. We'd really appreciate the support on those. Let's jump right into it. Week one games, Thursday night, Boise State at UCF, maybe the most underrated game of the weekend. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited about this one. First ever meeting between two group of five powerhouses. This one, I think, is going to come down to if Boise, if the Boise defense is able to slow down the Central Florida offense enough, they need to make uh, UCF try to be one-dimensional because if their run game is clicking with what they could do through the air, it might be a long night for that Boise defense. Gus Malzahn's known for his passing attacks, but he's actually, in his eight years at uh, Auburn, five of those teams we're in the top 25 in rush attempts. Uh, UCF loses all their top guys from last year, McCray, Anderson, and Thompson. So this year they'll be looking at another year of uh, a stable of backs with Mark Anthony Richards, from Aub- transfer from Auburn, Isaiah Bowser from Northwestern, and then uh, Johnny Richardson and R.J. Harvey both return. They're similar type backs. And they're behind a really experienced, good offensive line with a couple all-conference guys. Boise's defense will be solid. They were maybe didn't live up to their normal expectations last year, but uh, they returned eight of 11 starters and add Andrew Faoli, or I don't know if I pronounced that right, from Oregon. Uh, He's a guy who has had four sacks in the last couple of seasons, so he's a solid guy. Uh, They also returned Wimper, um, who's their linebacker, was a second-team all-conference guy last year. And on the back end, they've got solid depth at, at even to back. They don't have any necessarily superstars, but they have a lot of guys that can fill those spots. The Boise offense really was probably the worst offense they'd had in a decade last year with Bach Meyer at quarterback, but he was only a true freshman. So I expect that offense to get better. And then on, they'll be facing a UCF defense that really, really struggled last year, gave a lot of, a, po- a lot of points, but all that being said, I still think UCF wins this game. I like them to win. I think there's a good chance they cover the five and a half points and I like the over here. I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of uh, points scored by uh, that UCF offense, led by Dylan Gabriel and that really great offensive line. They've got talent at receiver, maybe not retur- much returning st- statistically, but they got Jalen Robinson, who's an Oklahoma transfer, and that defense is probably going to get scored on by Boise. But I just don't think Boise's got the firepower to keep up with 
with Central Florida. So I think uh, UCF wins this one by a, a touchdown or so. All right, moving on to another Thursday night matchup, Ohio State at Minnesota. C.J. Stroud's first start. Any chance Ohio State has trouble in Minneapolis? They might have some trouble. I don't think they're going to lose this game. Uh, Minnesota hasn't beaten Ohio State since 2000. Uh, Minnesota's going to try to control the clock here as much as they possibly can. They were top five in the country last year in time of possession. I think the last two years, actually, top five. Uh, But I still think Ohio State's going to win this one comfortably. They might get off to a slow start, but I just don't think another deal. I don't think Minnesota is going to be able to keep up with them. Stroud might start start off slow, and they're going to. They may not might not have enough possessions to score a ton of points on Minnesota. So I like the under here. I'm already on that under sixty two and a half. I think, uh, I think Ohio State wins this game. Something like I don't know thirty eight fourteen. They might sputter in the first half, but. Minnesota's just not going to be able to keep up with those weapons that Ohio State has with Wilson and Olave at receiver. They're they're just uh, they're going to be a tough a tough out, and I think uh, Ohio State wins this one. All right, Penn State at Wisconsin. Penn State had a strong finish to last season. How will they do in this game? Yeah, after that really really bad start um, to the season with uh, with Noah Kane getting injured in that opener last year, things went downhill quickly, but they finished the season strong. Uh, the key for Penn State, though, is going to be if Sean Clifford can take that next step as a quarterback. He's shown, he's had some moments, but, I mean, he just holds on to the ball way too long. But he's got a new offensive coordinator this season. Mike Yursich is the OC now at, at Penn State. So it's going to be interesting to see if those guys, if he can start clicking a little more and uh, bring some more firepower to that offense. Running back room will be good. Kane is back after that season-ending injury. He had a really, really good freshman year where he broke a Penn State record with eight rushing touchdowns as a true freshman. And then uh, Kavion Lee, who took over once Kane went out with injury last year, is also back. He had a really nice freshman season. So he'll be, so the two guys that are still pretty young, and then they added some depth with uh, John Lovett from Baylor, grad transfer. I wouldn't expect to see a lot of touches for him. But he is a solid uh, uh, depth guy. The offensive line group is, they've got veterans, but uh, there's going to be a lot of movement there. I think there's still some unknowns there. They need the offensive line to step up, especially considering Clifford holds on to that ball for so long. The matchup I'm really interested in is the Wisconsin D line against uh, Penn State offensive line. There's a both. There's a lot of unknowns for both for both those groups. I think Wisconsin's uh, defense is really good, but their biggest question mark is. Uh, on the defensive front. So if they're able to create some pressure, it could be a, it could be a long day for, uh, for Clifford, Wisconsin offensively, Graham Mertz started off last season, super hot. If he does that again, I think it's gonna be a long day for Penn state, but he kind of cooled off down the stretch last season running back room. Kind of weird to say, but Wisconsin has question marks at running back Jalen Berger and then Clemson transfer Chaz Malusi are the leading candidates. They'll probably split carries, you might not see that typical 30 carries a game type deal out of a Wisconsin running back like you'd see with a, I don't know, a Jonathan Taylor or a Melvin Gordon or someone like that. But these guys are also talented receiving backs, so they might involve the running backs a bit more in the receiving game than they typically would. End of the day, though, I like Wisconsin here. I just think Mertz is better quarterback than Clifford. Jim Leonard's an awesome defense, defensive coordinator. 
and Penn State just has still a lot of question marks. I think they keep it close. I think this will be a good game, but I like uh, I like Wisconsin to win this one. All right, neutral site matchup next: Stanford against Kansas State in AT and T Stadium. Uh, Skyler Thompson back at quarterback after a season-ending injury last year. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one. Probably a lower-scoring game. I like Kansas State here. Like you said, Skylar Thompson got injured after that huge game against OU last year where they beat them for a second consecutive season. Stanford has some pieces, but I just don't think that defensive line can create enough pressure um, to keep Kansas State from uh, getting possession after possession and moving the ball down the field. I think K-State has a little bit a little bit more firepower on offense. I like K-State here in a relatively low-scoring matchup. On to the next one. The Bryce Young era has begun in Tuscaloosa. This game being played in Atlanta. Any chance Miami stays in this one? Uh, no, I don't think. I mean, they. I think they'll stay in it early. Alabama loses a lot of guys. There might be, you know, first game jitters for a lot of these young guys. They lost 10 guys to the draft last year. Six first rounders. I mean, three of the top five Heisman candidates from last season are, were on uh, Alabama, and they're all gone. Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, and Najee Harris. But when I started digging into this deal, what Alabama does in these neutral site openers is, is pretty crazy. So they've had 10 of these games since 2008, uh, and they're 9-1 against the spread in those games. Wow. So they – and in those games, they've uh, – the average spread's been about 16 points, and their average margin of victory is about 25. So – and they're dominating these games against good programs. They've got a lot of a lot of uh, moving pieces on the offensive line and at receiver. You got Mechie back at receiver, but you got four talented true freshmen that are in the two deep offensive line. There'll be some shuffling there. Um, several young guys that are going to have to start on that line. New offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien's taking over that offense. So offensively, there's some question marks. Um, if they're able to uh, – if Bryce Young's struggles, the offense might struggle just because of the moving pieces. But defensively, I think they'll be really, really good. I don't think they'll be as good as last season's defense, but that linebacker crew is legit. Uh, Will Anderson might be the best pass rusher in the country. And then you add Henry Toto from uh, Tennessee, who was a five-star linebacker. That linebacker room is good. Uh, so I think Derek King – is obviously explosive on offense for for Miami, and they're uh, they might cause some issues from Alabama, but I just think Alabama is going to be too much. I think Miami hangs around for a while, maybe until the third quarter or so. But Alabama is going to Alabama is going to break this one open. The only way I see Miami pulling this upset is if Bryce Young just plays really, really bad. I I I'd be shocked by that. I think Alabama wins by at least a couple touchdowns. All right, moving on. Indiana coming off a big season last year. Iowa, Iowa has big expectations this year. Yeah, like you said, Indiana off of a historic season. Tom Allen is a heck of a coach. Uh, they do lose their defensive coordinator, Womack, who left to become the head or the head coach at South Alabama. But that offense should be good again. Michael Penix is back after uh, an injury late in the season. He was second-team All-Big Ten quarterback. And then they've got Fry Fogel at receiver who is the Big Ten wide receiver of the year. So that offense should be really good, but Iowa is really steady. I mean, it's you think Big Ten West, you think Iowa and Wisconsin. They're steady 
programs. Um, they do what they do, but they win. Uh, Petrus is back at quarterback for Iowa. He doesn't need to do a ton. He needs to be a good game management manager like Iowa quarterbacks traditionally are. Tyler Goodson, though, is a legit running back. They've got uh, they've got he was uh, first team All Big Ten last year, and they played eight games, I believe. And in the last six, he averaged uh, 107 yards per game on the ground. Offensive lines strength for Iowa typically. They do have some question marks about who's going to take. Um, on that blindside spot at left tackle. But I'm not too worried about that. Defensively, solid. Their DBs will be really good. So I like Indiana, or sorry, I like Iowa here uh, in a close one, which is a big game for both teams. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Iowa's consistently, consistency and just we know what we're getting. Last year, was it Indiana played a lot of one-possession games that they came out on top of only to only regular season loss was to Ohio state. I don't think they're going anywhere. I think under Tom Allen, Indiana will stay relevant, but I do think they might take a slight step back just on the defensive side of the ball. So I think Iowa wins this one in a close one. All right. One of the most exciting games, in my opinion of the weekend, Texas or Louisiana at Texas, Texas favored by eight right now. Hudson cards. First start does Texas, take care of business at home yeah this this is one we've talked about a bunch and i'm really really excited about it louisiana's defense will be really good they their team as a whole returns basically everyone offensive line will be really good uh the key for them if they're going to want to win this game i do think they'll keep it relatively close and i think they cover uh i'm actually already on louisiana plus nine and a half but i think texas wins this game i don't think levi lewis he hasn't shown me this far, thus far that he's got what it takes to take his passing game to the next level. He's good, he's, but he's got to be better. I think those Texas defensive backs might be able to take advantage of him a bit. Sean Jamison, uh, Josh Thompson are two guys that could are probably higher quality defensive backs than what he's typically seeing in the Sun Belt. I think a key matchup is going to be uh, that Texas defensive line against a Louisiana offensive line that's really experienced. Coburn is a big body in the middle of that Texas defense, and Alfred Collins is a guy that should really, really – I mean, he's going to be a stud for Texas, young guy. So I do think that uh, – and then sorry, I'm going to get into what Texas offensively card might struggle against that Louisiana defense. Young guy, I, think, I expect him to – but he's got Bijan Robinson next to him in the backfield, who arguably is the best running back in the country, or could be this season. So I think Texas is going to win this game because I don't think uh, Levi Lewis is going to be able to step it up enough quite to take down Texas. But I do think Louisiana is going to cover, and I would not be shocked if they won. All right, biggest game of the weekend: Georgia versus Clemson. Clemson currently favored by three. Who you got in this one? Yeah, so J.D. Daniels back at quarterback for the Bulldogs. They really took it to the next next level when he took over that job last season. Before he uh, took the starting job, they were struggling offensively, averaging only 383 yards per game. And then when he took over, uh, that went up to 486 yards per game. There's some question marks at the skill positions for Georgia. George Pickens, their best receiver, out for the year with a torn ACL. Darnell Washington at tight end is questionable. And Eric Gilbert, the talented transfer from LSU, 
kind of a hybrid between a tight end and receiver is not going to be playing due to personal reasons. Georgia's offense is going to offensive line play will be key because the Clemson defensive line is always super super good. But I think that second year two for Todd Munkin as offensive coordinator there, and year two uh, for JT Daniels, and he had an odd offseason last year with everything going on with COVID. So I think Georgia's offense should be should be better even last season than last season. And then as far as uh, their defense goes, their defensive line is really really legit. Anchored by Jordan Davis in the middle, who's a preseason All-American. Big, big guy, 6'6", 340 pounds. Uh, Defensively, I do have a couple concerns with their secondary. And then as far as uh, Clemson, like I said, that defensive front is always really, really good. Miles Murphy will anchor that defensive line. I think DJ is going to be awesome, but it's only his third start, so I'm a little bit concerned that that some that Georgia might take advantage, especially against an offensive line that I think isn't elite. I think that Georgia defensive line might eat up uh, the Clemson offensive line. Uh, sure, Georgia might not have the skilled guys that Clemson has, but they're so deep. Uh, they've recruited so well. Georgia's dominated the series. They're a dog here. They're three, three and a half point underdog, and I think they cover. And I think Georgia wins this game. But once again, just to reiterate, I think the key matchups here are going to be how Clemson's offensive line can hold up against the Georgia defensive line. If they're able to hold up, uh, take everything I said out the window because it could be a totally different story. And then same goes for if Georgia's defensive backs are to get exposed but I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case. So I like Georgia here to win this one outright. And what could be the, the if it's week one, it could be the game of the regular season now. I can't believe we're getting it week one. It's a crazy <laughs> week one awesome. game. All right, moving on. This is actually a game I'm really excited about to watch. Kind of interesting with Chip Kelly and LSU's status of last season. It's pretty rough for LSU last year. Brought in a new offensive and defensive coordinator, a strong start for Chip Kelly and UCLA in week zero. Who you got in this one? Yeah, so UCLA, nice win over, dominant win over Hawaii. I was a bit surprised by that. And to be honest, I watched some of it, but I didn't watch the whole thing. So I went and watched some, watched some of the tape, looked at the box score, and Dorian Thompson-Robinson's stats were not what I was expecting. They weren't, he didn't have that good of a game. He threw, I think, I didn't see that. Less than 150 yards. I think went 10 for 20 through the air. So I was initially maybe considering taking UCLA to win this one outright. But I just got concerns about uh, Thompson Robinson. The running game was really good. They ran all over Hawaii. Zach Charbonnet, who's the Michigan transfer, had 106 yards and only six carries. And LSU's rush defense was, was poor last year. So Usually, he's going to, I think going to be able to run the ball on LSU, but I like Max Johnson um, as a quarterback over Thompson Robinson. I think there's question marks for LSU offensively and defensively. They're replacing both coordinators. Jake Peets is in as the new offensive coordinator, who I think they hope to have a Joe Brady type impact. And Durante Jones is their new defensive coordinator, who came from the NFL. That defense was bad last year, so I don't think it'll be worse, but. Still a lot of question marks. I think 
LSU wins this one. I think they slightly cover. I think they slightly cover. I don't think I just think LSU's even to backs are gonna cause issues for Thompson Robinson. So I think uh yeah, I like uh I like UCL or I like Clemson here to win by about a touchdown. Not Clemson. The other Tigers. The <laughs> LSU the other Tigers. Tigers. LSU. Yeah, I was I was reading up and it'll be interesting with the hurricane because I think they're in Houston right now, so it'll be it's kind of a weird week for LSU. So I don't know how much impact that'll have on the week. Yeah, that definitely could. I do think I think LSU wins this game, but I I think Coach O will continue to get exposed this season. I I don't I don't think either of these teams are world beaters, so I wouldn't be shocked if this goes either way though. All right, Sunday night matchup in Tallahassee, Notre Dame currently favored by seven and a half. I think it should be more, but what do you think about that one? Yeah, this is a uh, this is an interesting one uh, for Notre Dame. Jack Cohn is going to take over at quarterback, transfer from Wisconsin. He's taking over for Ian Book. Ian Book, I wouldn't say he was a game manager because he really had a decent amount of mobility. He could do stuff with his arm. I don't think Cohn can. But Cone, if he he needs to be a game manager because their running back room is loaded. Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree are both back. Williams last season had 13 rushing touchdowns, 600 yard games. And you added another guy in Tyree who had 200 yard games. I mean that I really think might be the best running back room in the country. There was uh, Notre Dame's receivers. I think they returned their top five guys, so they'll be good there. Offensive line, they lose guys, but they also bring in Kane Madden, the Marshall transfer. So there's going to be some shuffling around early in the season for their offensive line. But no matter what with Notre Dame, that offensive line typically is good. Defensively, they have question marks at linebacker and corner. But Kyle Hamilton anchoring that defense on the back end at safety, he's, he's, he's a beast. And Marcus Freeman, I love that hire at defensive coordinator. As far as Florida State goes, they have uh, uh, still have not. They've still yet to name a starting quarterback. Mackenzie Milton and Jordan Travis, like we mentioned uh, earlier in the week in our conversation with Brett McMurphy, uh, are fighting for that job. But what a story it would be if Milton could win that job. He was he led Central Florida. For those that forget, he led Central Florida to an undefeated season, including that win in the Peach Bowl over Auburn. And then had the next season that gruesome leg injury, which was not only uh, career threatening to could have almost ended his career, but I mean he almost lost his leg. So the fact the fact that he's back and fighting for the job would be awesome. I'd love to see him. We would love to see him play and play well. Florida State defensively, they have question marks on the defensive line, so I think Notre Dame is going to be able to run all over them. I think they I think they control the clock. I think Jack Cohn does what's asked for him. And I think Notre Dame wins. I don't know if they cover, but I think I don't think they're ever really scared. I think they win this one in a relatively close, low-scoring matchup. All right, to finish off week one weekend, Louisville and Ole Miss facing off in Atlanta. Ole Miss currently the 10-point favorite. What are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, a fun matchup on Monday night. Love these Sunday-Monday games of Labor Day weekend. I, think, uh, I don't think Louisville is going to be able to keep up with the Ole Miss offense, I think Ole Miss is going to tear up the Louisville defense. They were they were not good last year, that defense. And I think Matt Corral is maybe the most underrated quarterback in the country. He's going to put up huge numbers. I think they beat – I think they win, and I think they cover. I think they cover – like 
think they could win this one by three touchdowns. I like uh, Ole Miss here big. All right. Those are the week one games. And on to playoff predictions. Parker, what are your four teams? Yeah, so my four teams are one. I think Alabama is going to go undefeated. They've got a couple tough um, road games this year, highlighted by that game in College Station against A&M. But I think they're on the table, and including uh, winning the SEC championship. I've got Oklahoma at two. I think they'll finally run the table. They're not going to get tripped up by Kansas State this year. I, they're not going to lose to them three years in a row. The Texas game can always go either way, so they got to be ready for that one. And then one, potentially two games against Iowa State. That's going to decide their decide their season because Iowa State should be really, really good. Ohio State, I think three – man, I, I, I know I'm saying this and it's hard, but I think three teams will go undefeated. I think Ohio State is going to run the table too – I just don't see. I was looking at the schedule. They don't. They don't play the tough teams in the uh, from the West. Uh, Michigan and Penn State are both down relative to norms. So I think it's going to be a um, it was really a, a year they should run the table. Uh, Wisconsin or Iowa in the Big Ten championship could be two teams that could trip them up. And then, well, in conference play, Oregon is their biggest test most likely in week two. But I think they'll get that one done. So I think they go undefeated. So I think there's those top three are the ones I feel best about. And then I'm with Brett. I think Georgia, if they, if they, like I said, I think they beat Clemson. So if they can beat Clemson, and then even if they run, even, their schedule's not very hard this year. Uh, even if they run the table uh, and lose to Alabama, and Clemson runs the table after losing to Georgia and gets the ACC championship, Sure, Clemson would have that conference title over Georgia, but Georgia would have the head-to-head. You'd have to get the Georgia. So I think Georgia gets that fourth spot and rematches and has a rematch against Alabama literally their next game, which would be bizarre to play yeah. a team in the conference championship and then, what, three, four weeks later in the first round of the playoffs. So then I've got uh, Alabama beating Georgia back-to-back weeks, and then I have Oklahoma finally breaking through um, and beating uh, Ohio State to get to the championship. And then in the national championship, I'm going with Alabama. Uh, I personally, I would love, I want it to be Oklahoma, but I think, oh, you get over that semifinal bump. I just don't think they're quite there. I, I, I just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bet against Alabama. When it just comes to just straight picks, I'm not going to go against Alabama. I think it's dumb to do that. I think Oklahoma defense will be really, really good next year. For those that don't realize it yet, they this is a completely different defense. They're going to be good, but their depth, I don't think, is quite up to par with Alabama's. And I think Bryce Young's going to be really good, even if he's not as good as, say, Spencer Rattler. I mean, they're just they're so good and so deep everywhere. I'm going chalk here and going with Bama. I'm, my other concern with Oklahoma is their safeties. Uh, they need... Uh, Turner Yell and Fields are the guys. I just don't see those guys being safe starting safeties on a national title team. Oklahoma is going to need uh, Key Lawrence or Justin Harrington or someone to step up on that back end. And then the running back depth is also concerning for me with Oklahoma. So I think Oklahoma's almost there. And they might do it. They would not be shocked at all if they do pull it off this year. But I'm just not going against Alabama. I think that's that's dumb to do until proven otherwise. I would have to agree. Yeah, I don't think anyone from the Pac-12. I think, like Brett was saying, everyone will kind of beat up on each other. I, and I don't see. I mean, I really don't see a single. 
if Oregon could get good quarterback play, maybe they could. Yeah. USC has good quarterback play, but their defense is going to be weak. Utah, no, I don't mean they're consistent, solid, but I they've yet to show that they can take that next step. So, yeah, pretty chalky. I want the same for Brett had. Uh, it should be, uh, you know, until that until we get that playoff expansion, I think we're going to see a lot of the same. The Oklahomas, the Alabamas, the Ohio State, the Clemson, the Georgias, those five just kind of rotating in and out. Who's left out one year? But, you know, it's it's just how what college football has turned into. Right. What about uh, Cincinnati or UCF? That's the argument that's so tough because at the end of the year, it'll be Georgia or Alabama, one of those two with like a one loss or a maybe undefeated Cincinnati or UCF. I, If Cincinnati runs the table, goes undefeated, I think they'd have a real shot to get in over, say, a one loss non-conference champion Georgia because of those big non-conference games we've talked about. They've got opportunities against Indiana and Notre Dame. So if they can win those games, run the table, I have a hard time thinking they're going to get left out. I just don't think they're going to run the table. I'd, right. They play those two. They play Central Florida. They play SMU. So they've got uh, a tough slate. And Ritter's awesome. But I'm inter- interested to see how explosive that offense can actually get because their defense has no question marks. Their defense is going to be good. But they actually do. The table is set for them to, to possibly yeah. do it. They'll have those chances with Notre Dame. Yep. All right, that's basically all we have for the mini-episode. Mini Parker, go ahead and close us out. Get ready for week one college football. It's here. Yeah, what a, what a slate to five top 25 matchups, the most ever we've had in, in week one. So it's going to be gonna be a ton of fun. I'm glad we could do two episodes this week. Great interview earlier in the week with Brett McMurphy. If you missed that, give that a listen. He goes into these games as well and also some other stuff. Um, off the field so yeah i am uh, i'm excited um it should be uh it should be a lot of fun let's uh <laughs> we're finally here what a long off season it was let's uh let's have a good week one